Breaker Breaker, what's your 20? This year's the podcast crew. We're hauling up at 901, about to hit the airwaves. Ready for bookstores, cool chatbots, and the explosive relationships you'll only find in. You've got mail. Well, rather your modems. Or an earful of you've got mail. The Ultimate Hacker Podcast. Fans of cinema. Cyber. Hope I'm much like. That is, if you're not some no good. Superstore. Breaker, breaker, good buddy. Expect in-depth analysis, breaking news about the cast and crew, a little internet protocol. And we'll even have a something for your inbox. You got mail. Yes. Those are very powerful words. Yes. Welcome to an earful of You've Got Mail. Hello, welcome to an earful of You've Got Mail. Herbie Ockles here. I'm Alan. Hi, Alan. Hi. I'd like to talk about the 1998 movie You've Got Mail with you. Um, oh, okay. I okay. would do that. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, cyber deal. <laughs> struck a deal. Um, big, big week. Big day. Sounds like I'm about news. That's inappropriate. It, no, I'm just I'm just introducing the show. Big week, big day, big episode. It's called Size the Week. We're gonna break down the eleventh five minutes of the movie You've Got Mail. We got lots to talk about, we got lots to analyze. We do. We got states to call. We got vote totals to count up. Uh, we got a we got a magic wall here. We're going to go through it all together over the next two hours, and I think you're going to like it. So, Anything else we got to, We got a front load here? I don't think so. I think we might be ready for our other famous segments. Well, we got lots of famous segments around here. We got we got so many. We've got... We'll, we'll, you know what? We'll get to them when we get to them. For now, uh, let's, uh, let's get into the theme song. Hell yeah. theme song so it's time for news fuse feuds and screws screws news so all, all screws, four of those things uh, news, screws fuse and feuds usually it's three but you introduce the fourth thing which is fuse which i'm not actually <laughs> sure what that refers to it's our fuse on things okay. in case there's anything we want to comment on okay that's pretty good yeah um, okay so fuse i'll let's skip that for the moment uh, okay, because we got we're well. I mean, and maybe news real quick. We're we're planning a whole segment on the on the feuds. Uh, so I so I told you before the show started. Yeah, uh, feuds. Uh, we got we got uh, nothing new, but we want to make sure we actually 
instigate our current feuds. Um, sure. Uh, we've we've uh, got to keep them lively. I would like to make uh, the Megan Day One public, but let's get to that later. Let's get to that later. And then what about screws? Sorry, I interrupted after, you there. After analysis, we'll do uh, relitigate the uh, the feuds. Uh, news. News. Um, Big news. Huge news. Yeah. Um, uh, we, uh, as a nation, uh, have made some big decisions this week. I'll say this this show has been with us through the rise of Donald Trump. Uh, we talked about through Convoy, uh, the Trumpian themes uh, that that represented in some ways. We've talked about in Cocktail uh, how Donald Trump was Appears. rising, <laughs> rising from the cookie is, business. Is mentioned, yeah. yes. Uh, and through You Got Mail, which is possibly, uh, you know, it's this really says a lot about the 90s uh, and real estate development in New York in a way that, you know, has to evoke Trump. But, uh, yeah, big news. And, and so we would like to announce we are unfortunately forced to end the show um, before the end of the Trump presidency. So Until his um, campaign uh, restarts yeah. for... <laughs> we will win if you if and when he runs again, we will be back. But until then, we are uh, going to take a uh, hiatus. Um, In the words of William Spungen, adios. Right. Um, welcome again to the third start of the show. Welcome. Um, we Keeping are the drops coming. Yes, we're going to lead off with our most exciting segment. Is that is that the des- that's the designation I'm going to assign to it? I think so. <laughs> uh, you've nope. Um, yeah, that's true. It's, you've got you, spoilers. You've got spoilers. See, I sometimes I remember the show name this time, so nice. I'm on a roll, as so, they say. So, just to make sure, no, you, you've got spoilers, and then the setup, and then uh, keyline pie. Is that the order? I think it has to be because we okay. we have to talk about this. This we have to spoil the 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 five minutes before we can drop the lines setup. from the five. Well, minutes. I'm talking about the setup. Everyone loves. We the can setup. talk. Let's talk briefly about setup. So, are there any new setup elements? I've got one. I've got two, quite a few. Maybe two. Whoa. Okay. Let's let's walk through them. What do you got out there? Uh, so, last ep, I was using the arm I got in the mail for my microphone uh, because I didn't want to bring it back. I've that gone back to my your, old your right or your left arm. Uh, it was on my right, uh, but right now I'm actually using the tabletop uh, kind of dinky little stand just because I didn't want to bring down the arm. Mm. Uh, so I think that'll probably go forward unless I buy a second one. Uh, I've also gotten a smaller uh, pop screen. Ooh. So l- let me know. Let me know in the comments. Am I popping uh, more? Am I popping less? Am I sounding okay? Oh, it sounds pretty good. Okay. Well, I, I, like I would this. say it, it sounds perfect. This is kind of like wraparound sunglasses for a microphone. So I think pr- it sounds pretty perfect. Nice. I'm, pretty. Yes. I, I would presume I'm yeah yeah very good uh and outside of that everything is uh, pretty 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 normal out here I guess okay all right I got some new setup elements in here 
Um, so, well, we talked about the cord running through the wall last time, so we're not going to rehash. Why, why are you bringing it up? This? I'm just. I'm <laughs> why just, would you it, ever? Because it still exists. It's still there. It's. I'm this looking about, at it. This is about deltas. Okay, let's talk about the deltas. Um, the Mississippi Delta, uh, the Ohio Delta. I don't think the Ohio is a delta because it must have a delta. Every the, river the, has a delta somewhere. The Ohio is uh, it originates where the uh, Allegheny and Monongahela join in Pittsburgh, and it uh, terminates in Cairo, Illinois, when it hits the Mississippi. Exactly, the so, Cairo Delta. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Does that? I, I imagine a river could have a delta where it goes into another river. Uh, yeah, it's a good question. It's a good philosophical. Let's bring a, a, a river philosoph- uh, philosopher to answer this question. Like uh, Rivers Cuomo. Like Rivers Cuomo. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, uh, new things for me. I've got an iced uh, co- Kona coffee here at my left. A little drink. Nice. Here. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I do have more elements to bring up for that. Okay, all right. Just kind of, you know, living in the world of the Starbucks uh, beverage, I think, sort of. <laughs> we are in the Starbucks world. Uh, <laughs> as as Tucker warned, we're, uh, Joe Biden's going to force to drink Starbucks every day. It's really a you've got mail world. <laughs> oh, man, I'm looking forward to it. Um. And then I and then my last thing, which I mean, funny you should mention the president-elect Joe Biden. Uh, I have a, a a screen in my vision that is displaying uh, cable news network um, and you, cable. You watched a lot of that this week. I yeah, I've watched. I've it's just on all the time now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it, I don't have cable. I, I, I've watched a lot of uh, not a lot. Some France Twenty Four, pretty oh. good, pretty good free uh, news station. Yeah, that's nice. National that's nice. media of France. I prefer the cable news network. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you gotta, sometimes you gotta mute it. But you know, when, it's, good, it's good synergy. I mean, uh, of of those things you've watched, uh, Ted Turner, I think has a corporate stake and probably some of it. Oh yeah. Oh, I'd assume. Yeah. Um. So yeah, anyway, so that's on. Uh, so if there's any breaking news of any sort, um, I will let you know. And, Great. Yes. Uh, one and, more one more piece of setup. Uh, hmm. I brought inside my my standard Palo Alto mug. I found a larger mug that, I, and if I bring this down here, I don't have to uh, bring my Palo Alto mug everywhere. So that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. You can put more coffee in this. Cool. And then should we? I mean, I, I'm at the risk of derailing the spoilers further. Uh, do we, as a as a podcast, need to call the election? Uh, we don't, as far as I know. I think are are all podcasts not obligated to to, to form so. a decision desk? I think, I think we're we're permitted to. I don't think we're obligated to. Okay. The RSS standard, to its credit, is I think very broad. <laughs> is there a field for? I, yeah, I think you, you, you can't introduce It's infinitely extensible. <laughs> yeah. So let's include a field for uh, for our call. For our state-by-state state call of the election, yeah. including timestamps. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, I think our listeners will So will we don't have that. to make anything official here. We'll make it official through our SS uh, Yeah, if you're interested field. in those calls, please please open the RSS feed um, manually. Yeah. Um, okay, Very well, simple. let's let's get into the spoilers. Yeah, really short this week. Incredibly oh. short this week. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Could be a sign. Uh, yeah, it's a sign of the times. Joe tells her to go to war against the corporation, so Kathleen makes Frank write an article in favor of her shop. She involves the local news and holds protests against Fox Books. Frank also goes on a TV show to defend her. The end. Uh, I would say most of that was true. I wouldn't say she holds the protests. I think that's... 
she may be... You're saying the person who, who like, owns the wooden uh, stand that she gets upon <laughs> yeah, is she holding seems, the protest. If anything, and we'll get into this, if anything, she seems a little reluctant to participate in some of it. Um, but We'll get you know, into it. Okay, but she she's definitely not the one <laughs> holding the protests, I don't think. I think she's participating in them, encouraging them, maybe. Although even that, a little borderline. She's, but you know what? She's stoking can... the flames of, uh, of protest. I wouldn't even necessarily say that. I, I'd say she's an instigator. She, I mean, by proxy, I would say Frank is an instigator. Uh, yeah, she, uh, he's he's an instigator, and she's a uh, she's a Munchausen by proxy. Sure. Um, okay, and that is that has been you've got a spoilish. We lose on for. Uh, or do we have something new for Keelan Pie? What do we? Oh, oh, do we want? Well, no, we've got we've got normal. Okay. We got normal, we got normal we, music. We got normal music. We, yeah, we don't need the kind of music I just jam out to. Yeah, like this. <laughs> What's wrong with this? It's good. It's good stuff to you know pump out the jams to. Okay, so I'm locked into uh, Keyline Pie. This is where we, uh, I think, get to the soul of these five minutes by picking a, a key line, a, a line key that lion. says a key line. Uh, a line that says more than uh, maybe it believes to say on its surface uh, and post it into Sometimes the... it says exactly as much as it believes to say on its surface. It can go either way. Uh, but in any case, uh, we are logged into wireclub.com slash chat slash room slash 30s underscore chat. A wire club where people meet. Okay. Are we ready? I'm ready. Oh, and we should say, if our lines match, we get a point. That's correct. If our lines don't match, we get negative... How many? Well, I think uh, now that we have a new uh, president-elect, uh, it's neutral. We get negative neutral points. Yes. Okay, So we so we and we are currently at how many points? A solid 100. We've been tracking well. Okay. All right. So um, <laughs> every single episode of this show, we've, <laughs> we've somehow managed to match. Um, okay. Um, I am ready. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, five, five, four... four. Three, two, two one, one, four, four. No, oh. that's for the sink. Oh, whoops. Well, there. Okay, ready? Three, two, one. Save Jeffersonian this shop Fury. around your corner, and you will save your soul. I like mine better. Yeah, yours is better. I, I will admit uh, this was, I scrambled and did this during the uh, the theme. I need to do a better uh, checklist. I scrambled some eggs this morning. Oh, hell yeah. Mm. How'd that work out for you? Pretty well. Nice. Yeah, they were good. Uh, so no no match. Neutral points, negative. Neutral uh, points, no no yeah. positives. Um, Alex Zuber is in the chat. Um, and so that's great. Uh, so, yeah, we got um, – uh, I said save the shop around the corner and you will save your soul. I said Jeffersonian purity. I could have picked the longer line, but this is, uh, this is the line being repeated. I just feel it kind of cuts to a lot of thematically rich – Oh sure, substance. Yeah, it's nice. It's a yeah. nice, nice freeze. We, we talked about this in our original tweets. Uh, maybe we want to reserve a little time for um, we read the tweets at some point to get our first. Oh, we our, could. I will. I'll grab the the tweets. Uh, the tweet bumper. Okay. Should we do it now or should we do it later? Um, we can we can do it now if you'd like. Okay, I'll do it now. It's, okay. It's, well, it's, hold on. Let me just transition into into the tweet bumper. <laughs> Okay, good. Really good bumper. (laughs) It's a little loud. Sorry, didn't quite get the volume slider quickly enough. 
Okay, um, this is re- we read the tweets, which is where we go back and we find the tweets that we tweeted when we wa- were watching this movie for the first time. Yes, uh, which I think will preclude some of the things we have in our notes today, but uh, uh, this is kind of starting from the last episode. Uh, this is me saying I didn't use instant message until 2004. I had no idea that this is mm. 1998 UI, very clunky wow. and weird. 2004? Yeah, I didn't use it really until I, uh, yeah. Until, like, G-Chat? No, until I went to college. It's like, how do I keep up with my high school friends? I'll use AIM. Or the Facebook. Or the, no, that, was, that didn't exist in September 2004. <laughs> uh, then you said this movie really captures the tension and weight that used to accompany instant message communication, which is a throwaway interaction today. Uh, I responded, they're choosing to block their phone lines with a decision to talk right now. That's thematically rich. Mm. Now we're getting into today's stuff. I say, good Urzatz Godfather music now. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is a nice nice little fake Godfather hit. Yeah. Uh, I, you know what? Actually, I'm going to put a pin in this. Let's talk about this uh, later in the show. Okay. Yeah, so well, this is... Uh, let's spin. Unbump we it. read the tweets. Got a little more under control that time. So nice. That's good, yeah. Okay, um, let's get into it. Should we just go ahead and sync here? I think we should sync again. Okay, I don't know what... Uh, real quick before we sync... I am curious what dogpound.mp3 is, so we're, we're just going <laughs> to... Uh, uh, I imagine that was uploaded... I imagine that was uploaded as part of the Hulk Dogs Out, right? Right? I don't know, but it's in this folder, uh, so it's good to have good to have that. It's right there if we ever need it again. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for checking into that. That was good. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, so we're now going to sync, uh, which means uh, you at home, uh, you're going to need to turn off the cable news cha- news network if you have that on. Um, you, haven't, you're, you haven't turned it off. I, well, I will monitor for the group, right? Okay. So I so you at home, don't worry about it. I've got you. If there's any breaking news, you'll hear about it from me first. Great. So you can turn off all news sources. Um and focus on focus on this. So listen only to us. Listen, we're, we're the only news source that you can trust. <laughs> yeah. Um, grab your um copy of the movie you've got mail. Go ahead and just split that into five minute chunks. So just, you can either split the disc or rip it and then split the the, the uh, files. Afterwards. Either way works. If you do decide to split the disc first, you will probably need to acquire another copy, but. Uh, there's always a chance that it will be readable still. Um, I, if you do it right, if by definition, it, it will. Be. Yeah, if you do it exactly right, it should be just fine. Um, so you are going to split up, split up that uh, that 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 copy into five minute chunks. Take the eleventh five minute chunk, lock it, loop it, get ready to play. We're going to count it down, and we're going to sync it up together uh, while we respond to Alex Zuber. Zubar. 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 In, um, Zubar. In Wire Club 30's chat. And we should say, you're probably not listening to this live. It would actually be impossible unless you've wiretapped my garage. Um, <laughs> which but, is likely. Which is possible. It, no it, one but the uh, FBI is currently yes. listening. But if you, if you are a big fan of us at the FBI, feel free. Wireclub.com slash chat slash room slash... 30s underscore chat. Chat with, uh, you know, uh, Hervey, uh, Allen, and Alex uh, Zubar264. Zubar. 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 Uh, uh, yeah, it's a good place to hang out. 30s chat. That's where uh, that's where Kathleen and Joe met. It's a good place to be. 
It's a historic uh, district of the internet. <laughs> okay. Um, we So we're going to count it down. Um, hand on your head. Josie, yeah, it's well, real. Virtual hand. And virtual, virtual hand. hand on the, well, I've got my real hand on my real head. So. I'm going, I don't. So let's just start right now. Five. Five. Four. Three. Two. One. Four. Four. Three. Two. One. Three. 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 Two. One. Two. Two. One. 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 Okay, how's it's the sync going? Hard to tell because he's not talking with his lips. Yeah, he's talking with his 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 wow, fingers. Only only twenty minutes. We're already doing analysis. Incredible. Uh, we don't waste time here. Well, we had a lot to get through. We did a, we did like four segments in there. I guess so. Uh, so many segments. Yeah. Um. Okay. Um. What do we got? We've got. I'm guessing we have some. I would like to talk about how many scenes there are to talk about Scenes. That's the word we use. I couldn't. It was on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. You could call them chunklets. I call them scenes. Uh, I like that. Chunklets. Yeah. So uh, I'd say five scenes are at play here. Oh, boy. Okay. So we have the the final, the the, the The finale. The finale do chat. Yeah. The end of the chat. And a little bit of journalistic ethics talk. Yep. Them on the bed. Yeah. Uh, them on the bed. <laughs> uh, almost the title of the movie. Uh, the second second scene is at the shop. Uh, it is. It's. Uh, I would call uh, the, the rally scene. I would. Well, there's. there's the, well, not. You're right. There's an yeah. explicit rally scene. The pump up scene. Yeah, pump up. Okay. Pump up. I call it the shadow boxing scene. Sure. Pump up. I call it pump up. Okay. Uh, pump up with shadow boxing. Uh, then we have, I would say, a multi-part scene, which is rallying. Uh, this involves uh, three sub-scenes. Uh, sub-scene one is the picket line. Sub-scene two is inside Fox Books. Sub-scene three is the rally being held. Mm. So does that sound correct to you? I that call sounds that, great, yeah. I will say, that, you know, it's hard to, you to kind of you know use your own judgment here uh, because the music... That we hear in the background, as I said earlier, the Urzatz Godfather music continues to flow through all these scenes. Oh, but I think it's great. Oh, it's very good. Uh, scene four, uh, treadmill scene. Um, also, I should say the sink is perfect. Just before we get into a oh, wonderful. So, uh, scene four, treadmill. Yeah, we got. I mean, I call it the Chappelle Show. Okay, you can do whatever yeah. you want. Uh, yes. Uh, and then scene uh, scene five is uh, the interview sequence. The interview sequence. Uh, oh, um, that's not part of the. That's not part of the treadmill scene. You're saying that's a different no, thing. It's it's a different time, different place, different different thematic elements. It's it's different. Wait, are we? Uh, I talking about when uh, Greg Kinnear, uh, that is to say Frank Nevasky. Oh, Nivasky. the interview, the Frank interview sequence. Sure. I, I thought yeah, you were yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Sorry, I thought you were talking about the Joe. Well, and, well, let's call it Inside Media with Sydney and Strongen. Perfect. <laughs> That one, yes. Yeah, sorry, there's there's multiple interviews that happen during. There this. are. They, I do. Yeah. That was yes. that was a bit broad. That was um, a bit broad. No. Yes. Oh, beautiful CRT screen here. Oh, there's so many CRTs in this episode. It's amazing. You wonder where all those went. Isn't it funny? Like, and now it's like we are saying, "Oh, I want a curved TV screen." It's like we used to have that. You know? Yeah. We used I, to or have... like, oh, I want a screen with like no latency. It's like, well, we used to have that too. Oh, it's incredible. You know, it's like, oh, sure, the curve goes outwards. Yeah. Which is not ideal, but like it's curved. Isn't that the, isn't that the part you want? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> I just, you know, it's all about the curve. <laughs> yep. You know, it's all about flattening the curve. Absolutely. Um, okay. So 
we have yeah what was that a lot of, a lot of scenes that's five scenes five total. unless you have any uh unless you have no. any opposition i would say let's just go for that and i'd move into the record that we uh, treat those in order one two three four five I'll I'll permit that today. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. let's just get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, scene one. Uh, this is the end of the chat sequence. Yes. Um, finishing up chat sequence on the bed. Kathleen's on the bed. Joe is in an undisclosed location. Well, Kathleen does not enter. Uh, I mean, okay, well, sorry. Uh, Frank does not enter uh, this scene for the first half. He's there for the second half. Uh, in fact, he does not enter until I believe they they finish their chat. Well, I mean, the chat is interrupted by Frank, kind of. It's I unclear. think it was done anyway. I, we could talk about that. Okay. I uh, think it wasn't done. Okay, well, not a whole lot of content in the chat since last week. Basically, he just reframes, yes, go to the mattress. Well, so he finishes his very, very long instant message. It's basically an email in an IM. Yes, which is interesting. You know, some services uh, don't handle that well. Some services, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they they have limits. Some services, uh, even uh, they'll just kind of like have you write off the page. You know, well, it's, it's so, so that's one aspect. The other aspect is, I, I assume this was pre uh, typing state, right? So I I don't, I don't oh, think. Oh yeah, that didn't hit to like 2010, right? 2012. Uh, no, and it was way before then. There. Well, I guess on the major service. Okay, listen. It's not personal. It's business. Business. Recite that to yourself every time you feel you're losing your nerve. I know you worry about being brave. Don't. All the same message. This is your chance. Fight. Fight. Fight to the death. Fight to the death. The multi-layered audio is so good. She starts kind of shadow boxing. Yeah, it's hey. an inspiring message. Hey. hey. <sighs> I've been thinking. Frank. What? <coughs> I've decided to go to the mattresses. Do you think it would be a gigantic conflict of interest if you wrote something about the store? Yes. Yes? No. So you'll do it? Yes. Yes. Do you know what it is to, to go to the mattresses? From The Godfather. Oh, that hit. That I, hit. And I'll say again. Yeah. The quality of the acting really carries so many of the sequences. Yes. I mean, Great Kinnear, you hadn't done many movies at this point, and, you know, just a lot of really good choices. <laughs> and, like, yeah, I mean, that that's it's a, always a lot of fun to see this. Yeah, it's not, I mean, that... Um, so what exactly is going on here? So it's 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 well actually hold on Let, let's finish the IM thing. Okay. I, I wanted to make the point. Um, yeah, I guess I did see that on Facebook probably around 2006, 2007, maybe. I, I think it was on GChat and maybe even I think it was on AIM earlier than that actually. Um, so the um, but the key here I think is actually the absence of the typing indicator makes it possible to write a longer message and not feel weird about it because. If you're sitting there and you know the other person is seeing, like, typing, for, you know, eternally... Yeah, yeah, Then you're worried, like, oh, they probably think I'm, like, revising this a bunch of times and, like, really nervous about what I'm saying. And so you're going to be more incentivized to, like, get something out quick as opposed to, like, knowing that they're going to... They're knowing you're typing for a long time. Which introduces another question. Did they even have statuses at this point? 
Well, yeah, right. He had to guess she was online. Or he said, I, I thought you might be online at this time. Now, that could mean a variety of things. That could be they didn't have statuses. That could also just mean they weren't sharing their statuses. You know, maybe they, they both were set were to appear. They were both what? They were ghosting? They were ghosting, yeah. They were both appearing invisible or, you know, what have you. But So, okay. So then, so the IM concludes. Anything else on the IM side? Uh, it's interesting he's explicit saying, I know you have trouble being brave, but you should fight. Which means, you know, he is at once saying, I recognize your predominant character trait, which has been introduced to me. Uh, but also, I mean, kind of... It also sounds kind of patronizing, like it's less like a... Sure. One, I mean, it's almost like, yes, you know, it's like, <laughs> like you have flaws, let me just, you know, let me... It's almost like a charity case going on here. Yes, yes, totally. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I think it is, it is, I mean, I don't think it is maybe patronizing. I mean, he definitely is appear, coming off as patronizing, I think, at multiple points in this in this five minutes. So. Well, I think part of it, like, it sounds like... I mean, as I said, like their their form of online communication, I'd say is less flirting and more of a of a sign of kind of absolving their sins. Uh, and I think in this case, he just feels bad and he wants to, you know, do good work with others in order to feel less bad about himself. Yeah, yeah, so. sure. Which <laughs> I see, it, I don't see a lot of like it doesn't feel very flirty. Their this this, this action. <laughs> well, they've gotten past that stage at this point, I guess. Yeah, like an old couple. Yes. Now they're into deep psychological, you know, connection. Um, so, okay. Um, and then she's got, she, I, I said, I wrote down great chunky laptop. She's got this big old chunky laptop. It's probably the thinnest of the time. <laughs> yeah, probably. Slams that, yeah, whatever they could find that would look reasonable to, to be, you know, in your bed. sitting in bed with. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, slams that thing shut. Well, um, she starts fighting. She starts actually shadow boxing. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and she gets carried away with it. Maybe, I think you're right. Maybe she'd respond. But in any case... Uh, you know, Frank I mean, it's Nevesque. a weird, it's it's a weird note to end it on. I mean, he wrote that he just wrote this long essay to her, and she's not going to say anything back. Mm, I mean, it's 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 you know, uh, you're you know, someone got a phone call, you know. I sure. Don't know. Yeah. I mean, at this time, that would have been acceptable. Yeah. You know, that's what I'm saying. In '98, now if that, I mean, if someone who you know you have a, a developing romantic interest in left you on read, exactly. You know, wrote. I mean, there's no, there is no, you know, red or unread indicator here. But, um, you know, him writing this long essay and her not responding would be a very negative signal nowadays. But unless you, know. you feel like, oh, my message must have been so inspiring, she started shadow boxing and now she's fighting, which is probably what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah, that must, he's very perceptive. Yes. Also, he has a camera in her apartment. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Frank Navasky and uh, Kathleen Kelly live in different apartments, uh, and but she seems surprised he came. He came in, which implies both that he does in fact have his own set of keys, and he's also fairly stealthy. Well, or I mean, oh, I guess you're right. That is a door opening, so it's, it's like he's. And we know from the first scene, it takes a little bit to leave to get from this main room over to the exterior door because he has to cross the uh, the restroom inside. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, like, and he's got he's still got his shoes on. Yeah. I guess I, the first time I watched this, I I was assuming more. It's like he was already there. Yeah, that he was no, somewhere else in the apartment, <laughs> and that he. But yeah, no, you're she right. She wouldn't. She would not is, be. Yeah, totally. messaging If Frank was home, totally. So this is him. He's coming back. He's got the morning paper, or a paper. He's kind of barging in. Well, I mean, he. That's what he does. Um, and yeah, and then he's he's and he's very disoriented. 
So she's trying to get him to write this article. He's very disoriented. So what's... I mean, did, did you read into this? The, the, why he's so, like, flabbergasted, disoriented, whatever, in this? Okay, in this? Well, so the lines they say are... Well, let me actually pull up the actual lines, uh, pure, you know, from the, from the closed captioning, that is. Uh, and when I do that, I open up... Uh, I, I, while you're looking for that, I will say, it is such a gift that this movie was is set around the holidays. I mean, all these scenes having this just nice, warm, you know... What's the, the worst time of the year to hold a uh, place a movie at? Oh, I mean, I don't know, um, April? I would say, I would say February and March. February and March... March I, I, could, I could agree with March. Like slushy, slushy, well, February, you seasons. get the nice, crisp, you know, wintry thing going on. You You're know? from San Diego. In, in most places with actual winters, it's slushy. Slushy time. Yeah, well... Um, uh, okay, so the lines are, hey, I've been thinking, Frank. Frank says, what? I've decided to go to the mattresses. Do you think it would be a gigantic conflict of interest if you wrote something for the st- about the store? He says, yes. She says, yes. He says, no. He says, shall we do it? Yes. Yes. Uh, I mean... It, I mean, what what a screenplay. <laughs> I, I mean... Uh, so they yeah. must. I mean, there's got to be some ad libbing going on here or something, because I mean they play this. Well, it's called it's called acting. You don't have to ad lib to act. I sure, I, but it's. I mean, but they turn this into some. You know, Frank turns this into way weirder of an exchange, <laughs> which it works. I know it does. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, in the original screenplay, uh, the line is Frank. I decided to go to the mattress. Do you think it'd be a giant conflict of interest if you wrote something about us? And then it cuts to the shop around the corner. So the entire, <laughs> the entire sequence, you could believe it's ad-libbed. It's not in the screenplay. Uh, and I would believe that just kind of like Greg Kinnear kind of feeling it out. And like, what is someone who is mostly not a good listener? How does he respond? And it's kind of, he just, you know, he feels tone. He doesn't really care, <laughs> you know. He certainly doesn't really care about journalistic ethics. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, I mean, so... Yeah, he's just you know he's he's figuring out you know he just he makes it work. Yeah. So yeah, so let's let's talk about uh, you know ethics in in book store journalism. Yeah. Uh, what is there a conflict I'm, of interest here? Should Frank be writing this article? I'm going to do something a bit uh, different, which is I'm going to cut in with original uh, tweets and reread the tweets throughout. Sure. So here's a tweet from you. For the record, writing a glowing article about your girlfriend's bookstore is probably a conflict of interest, but the writer guy's assurances to the contrary. <laughs> Look at me answering my own questions in the past. Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, that's a little ping from the past. Yeah, I mean, I think I it, it seems unlikely, especially if they're like, I mean, they're going around the New York City book scene together, right? So how does no one know or at least how does his editor not know that you know this is a potential conflict of interest like it's it's a pretty well i will say like most like it's not like there's like sec law there's not like oh sure yeah but it's still i think this is something an editor would call you out on sure journalistic ethics are what is perceived to be journalistic ethics at any time and place so if you push the envelope if you change it they're not very well understood Uh, i mean i would say does it is it does it you know kind of have a whiff of of uh, feeling not kosher? I think yes. You know, it's like, hey, aren't you pumping up the business of your girlfriend's bookstore? I think that immediately doesn't pass the smell test. 
Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, the thing that makes it kind of okay is this does feel like the sort of article that Frank would write anyway. And, and so it's not, you know, it, like you could totally see him. Yeah. I mean, I think the classic journalist ethics is if you write about anything, you can write about anything if you can justify it being the right theme. But if you have any material interest or any familial relationship interest, you need to actually include a disclosure in the article itself. That's, which he may have done. We, we which he may have done. We, we don't have access to the full text of the article. So Yeah, we don't. We only hear parts of it. I believe he could have if if nothing else maybe his editor would force him to put it in it's it's possible sure um okay and so then to... I, have, I kind of expand this a bit broader yeah uh here's here's another question uh you know when he says go to the mattresses you need to fight you know fight to the death uh, the question is like what are the limits of what you should be willing to take on here which is to say, is it at least, like, is it perceived as possible that he's encouraging her to do illegal actions? Like in The Godfather, when they are going to the mattress, they are not only, like, fighting as far as, like, showing grit, but they are, in fact, uh, you know, doing murders. Well, I think, They I are mean, doing literally anything as long as it is not against the code of the mafia. That's the thing. So it's not, it, it, it's, in the, in the world of The Godfather... You know, every like, there's all sorts of legal actions. They're in the legal business, so it's not it, it, the 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 point where it crosses the line is not the point where it's it's illegal by the laws of the land. It's the point where it is against the the code of Omerta. Yes, that. Um, so actually, I think it's only one. Is that only you can't say the name, or is that the entire code of ethics? I'm not sure, but it's you know, it's it's you know related. Sure. The and then so I think I, I I wouldn't I would say you know translating to this I I don't think it's um, if she took it literally and she's be like the Godfather she could have picked up Omerta well she hasn't seen the Godfather well she could she could rent it she goes and then she could actually say oh if I was you know if I were part of the Corleone family what mm. would I do and I think she would say I would firebomb of Fox Books sure yeah you know yeah, like if good. anything's on the table wouldn't that would that be effective. Um, no, but why? Why not? I think it would. Show, well, I don't, it would. It would actually have a financial cost to the bottom line of Fox Books. Sure, but I. I don't think. Uh, I don't think financial costs are the thing that is limiting Fox Books here. Seems like they have pretty deep pockets. It, it's yeah, but if they're constantly being firebombed, if then you'd say like, yes. which yeah. is just saying it is not worth it to be here when we are located in this in this uh, part of uh, New York City. Those stores get firebombed. Let's not do that. Sure. Yeah. Well, I, yes. Yeah. I think we all have a collective understanding that's not the. I mean, granted, he's chatting with this random person online. <laughs> it would be funny if he was he was talking to a like uh, a woman who's a mafioso. Yeah, like just or like just a, a super radicalized, you know, like yes, like yeah. Liberation Army. Kind yes. Of thing, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and she immediately, you know, uh, goes out to the the courthouse, you know, with uh, you know with with assault rifles. Uh, I mean, could, could, let's consider what what kind of going to the distances in previous previous you know uh, you know filmic texts. In Convoy, it is very explicit. In anything is fair game. What are the laws? You know, if you see a, a toll booth or a weighing station, you know, you might just actually blow through. You know, what is the only, what is the only limit? And the only limit is really the limits of violence, which is to say. 
Sure, there is nothing you can do. You can fire your weapons at me, but you will blow up my nitro tank. Uh, you know, that's... There, I mean, that is kind of, as I you know, said uh, several years ago, uh, Convoy recognizes that politics and law is only violence by other means. Sure. And sure. I'd say that's still true in, in the Upper West Side. <laughs> I would say the vi- violence is just a bit more, uh, I would say, uh, you know, maybe formalized into a very kind of static, you know, status quo. Sure. You could go wild and start bombing places, but unless you have, I think, the actual muscle of uh, the mafia, <laughs> you're probably not going to go too far. Yeah, and I think that would be a very different movie. Yeah, did uh, in Cocktail, did they break any laws? Um, yes. Uh, Coughlin um, commits suicide. That's illegal. It's illegal in the lo- eyes of the state and of the Lord. <laughs> um, uh, um, <laughs> Yeah, you get uh, gets booked for uh, his corpse gets booked for for offing himself. Yeah, for self murder. Uh, yeah, did any other crimes get committed? I mean, he steals from his employer. I that's embezzlement. Yeah, that's true. Um, oh wait, he, uh, does does he want to steal from the employer? I'm not sure that actually happens. Uh, he just talks about. Or he doesn't even talk. He talks about stealing from customers the customer, more than which is legal. <laughs> yeah, that's actually totally legal. Um. Yeah. Uh, well. The, yeah. Uh, Except for yeah, truth and advertising laws, maybe. Is there anything else? Oh, I mean, um, well, depending on how you read into the status of the money that um, uh, what was his name? The guy at Uncle Eddie's um, bar. Oh, uh, well, Eddie. It's uh, Uncle Pat. Or, sorry, Uncle Eddie Pat's bar. The, yeah. The bar the, depending on how you read into the intent behind the money that Eddie puts on the bar, you could say Uncle Pat steals the dollar from him. Yeah, there's a lot of grubby little cons, but nothing <laughs> that would seem like uh, certainly a you know a public prosecutor would say this is in the interest of the state to pursue. Uh, you know, uh, forcing a bus to pull over. Uh, yeah, I mean, with their army, you know, that's fine. oh yeah, okay. I, I would say, like, it's fun. I think co- a cocktail exists in a world where everything is actually constrained by the law in the same way. You know, it's it's that's that's sure. uh, that's civilization for you. You in our pre-government days in in convoy, things were more open. Sure. Um, okay, so let's. So should we move on to the store? Yeah. So uh, yeah, let's move on. Uh, he is actually taking up the task. He has written the article. We fast forward, and everyone's read it. Everyone. Yeah, well, it's it's you know it's uh, it's gone viral. Yes, so that yeah we hear an off-camera thing. Everyone's read it. Everyone's read the article. Um, well, and, and I think we're seeing here that you know Frank, it's not really so much that he is perhaps the best writer, as much as he is well situated in the network of media, which is to say that his article spurred other news pieces, uh, the Village Voices writing more articles. You know, sure. it's it's a multiplier effect. It's the money multiplier. Yeah. So um, uh, let's say, you know, she's... Okay, so we're seeing the scene. It's at the shop around the corner. Kathleen Kelly is in the back of the store in the employees-only area, and she's just uh, boxing around some more. Uh, you know, and, and we hear this music. This is the... Uh, I would say this... Okay, when you hear this music, uh, it, it's a little bit like the Godfather love theme, but I think, honestly, it's really more picked up from music from the Godfather Part Two in the old New York sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is it is very it's very good fake Godfather music. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Really hits the theme. Uh, yeah. And we get so in the store, 
um, we get a decent length of time where there's a very nice shot with um, about a third of the of the scene occupied by a little engine that could display. Oh, really? Oh, oh yeah. It's great. Uh, you know, so all, all when they're in the shop, you know, everyone's talking about the article and Kathleen's shadow boxing, etc. The little engine that could is taking up a decent amount of screen real estate. It's, I mean, it's clearly intentional. It's, it's a really nice, you know, uh, sort of, you know, connection to what's happening, right? Nice. Yeah. Um, and then Frank is super self-satisfied in the best way. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, it's that's just if there's anything his character is maybe a bit too one note, and that's how he always plays it. But it's usually pretty entertaining. But we get a lot of that. Uh, we we are seeing Birdie read the article and Frank mouth the words to the article, uh, and he, he's he's loving it. You know, he's ba 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 ba. ba. Uh, no, it's it's and uh, okay. So his article. Do you want to you know? Well, let's let's play it next time around. Uh, interesting that it has changed. Since the original screenplay, in a oh. I think a very you know interesting way. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Well, do you want to read us the original screenplay version before we get to it in the? Sure. In the okay. Clip here? Here's the original screenplay. Birdie reading. Kathleen Kelly and her mother Cecilia Kelly have raised your children. Yet this precious resource is killed by the cold cash cow fox books. Will not only be in Western civilizations we know it, but it's something dearer the neighborhood as we know it. Save the shop around the corner and you will save your soul. So, okay, well, we got a couple lines that are a couple parts of lines that stayed intact there. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was, it's been it's been expanded, uh, but uh, and we've got a key line pie that that stayed intact there. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't want to mess with that. Uh, but uh, let's talk about what that what that means going ahead. Um, 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 I mean, I could I could read. Let's just we got to hear from the actual. You know, yeah, we got we'll we to hear. And that takes time. You know, we got to wait for it to come around. It's there, not gonna there is more deleted scenes. I'll kind of talk about that as it happens. Oh. Mm. So uh, let's okay. talk about it. Very good. Um, okay, and then um, well, okay, we'll talk about the next. So we we go right into protests from this. Is you know, it's shop. It's it's we get the it's interior a, it's a, it's a shop. Very crowded store. Oh you know? yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that's the point. Is this is getting everyone interested again? And the business is booming. People are are people uh, love a good cause. Merchandise is moving, uh, but on top of that, there is more media, which. Uh, you know, they're not buying books, probably, but they're, you know, maybe getting good uh, good press is going to drive more books. Exactly. Exactly. And, I mean, we'll talk about in a second what yeah. is the plan here. Yes. Is the plan just to, you no. know, make it profitable? So you'll do it? Okay, let's listen. Yes. Yes. Do you know what it is to, to go to the mattresses? From the Godfather. <laughs> oh, phone's ringing. Channel 2 truck just pulled off. Channel 2 truck. Everyone's read the article. Oh, I see it now. I see it now. The usual places where good and evil face off. The places Herodotus called the happy land of Absolus. We have the perfect example here on the west side where the cold cash of fox books threatened survival of a temple to one of the 20th century's most profound truths. You are what you read. I believe that. Save <laughs> the shop around the corner and you will save your soul. Frank, that's charming you think it's a little over the top uh, that was the village voice i told them to come over whenever oh, man. 
In some contexts, I'd say it would be alarming. Like, I'd say, don't shadow box, you know, in the back if, like, people are coming in to see you. They'll get the wrong first impression. But honestly, I think she's correct to say that's not a bad first impression to make, that you're kind of, you know, an eccentric who is shadow boxing all the time. Sure, yeah. You know, that's, you know, it's like, oh, you know, if that's what she did all the time, I'd think that, that would probably play well in the press. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, so let's, let's talk about what Frank did write. Sure. Um... So he wrote about Herodotus. He wrote about all Herodotus. Yes. Uh, he um, says, We did not have to look to any of the usual places where good and evil face off, the places Herodotus called the happy land of absolutes. I did not look up the original text to see what context. I will, I will search for the, the happy, happy land ha- of, happy land of, of absolutes. absolutes. Happy land of absolutes. Yes. Uh, very few... Very few hit. It'd be very funny if that's not a <laughs> answers.yahoo.com. Did Herodotus ever actually speak of the land of, of absolutes? Or did any other classical author for that matter? I know this line is attributed to Herodotus in a film. That's parentheses, very... you've got mail. But I don't take my sources from rom coms or script writers without something more solid to base it on. I do. <laughs> so this is from Anna on Yahoo Answers. Here are we have two answers. Favorite answer. I don't think so. It doesn't ring a bell. Unless it's a garbled reference to Elysium or something. That was eight years ago by Anonymous. Not hugely helpful. And then the second is a link to a character bio on IMDb along with the answer no by another Anonymous account. That got one down vote. Is it, what, is um, the character bio uh, of it Frank? Doesn't, I, it doesn't go... It doesn't work anymore. Um... That's very funny that he's just making up uh, lines. It, I'm not seeing... I've, I've got a WordPress blog titled The Happy Land of Absolutes. Um, That's such a deep cut. What, to make your entire blog about this line that is hard to even hear in the background of the... Uh, That's incredibly good. There's happy land of translation into Hebrew, but that's ju- that's just translating the movie. Uh, that's translating the you've got male script into Hebrew. Um, yeah, there's not there's not a lot not a lot here. Um, the happy land of absolutes. Oh, this is a pretty active blog actually. Um, okay, one, it's all relative. Two, when in doubt, by both. Three, all you're ever really doing is waiting for your man. Four, embrace the pathetic. Five, it's all about the story. That's a post. Only like 15 hits on Twitter, and I think they're all downstream of uh, You've Got Mail. Good, good line for a background, you know, kind of incidental thing. So really, really good. But, okay, to talk about kind of... uh, (laughs) So, so strange. But to talk about kind of a very interesting shift... Which is the original take being this store is important because of the personal connection between Cecilia Kelly, her daughter, and the neighborhood. Sure. Two, this is the battleground between good and evil. Sure. Uh, which I will say uh, is an improvement in that it shows, I think, better theory of mind. That is something Frank would write. Uh, mm-hmm. Frank doesn't care about the personal. Frank only cares about the abstract uh, you know, masses of people. Yeah, I'm doing things. So yes. I'd, I'd say I'd big, say we should all listen to Frank a little bit more. Exactly. So. You know, as Megan Day said, you know, <laughs> you know, Frank is Frank is the future. Yeah. The future is Frank. Yeah. 
Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and I think it's bad. I think it's it's bad if everyone is saying it's like, if you know, everyone is saying, hmm, let's let's all frame it the way that Kathleen Kelly would frame it to herself, because I think that shows worse theory of mind. So good improvement. Nice well, improvement. Well, 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 we return to this a bit later. Um, but uh, should we get into the protest? The second thing he says oh, is. Uh, this proves one of the uh, profound lessons of the 20th century. Uh, most profound truth, you are what you read. Uh, I would say my, you know, kind of boiled down history of the 20th century, that wouldn't be the, that no. wouldn't be the top. No. Uh, no if, if, if anything, I mean, I would say that the only people who kind of got hopped up on maybe text too hard, <laughs> I think ended up in kind of dire places. You know, I think the 20th century movie proved it's better to be kind of pragmatic and not define yourself what you read too much. Because if you do, you kind of can end up in a weird totalitarian place. Sure. So uh, I think it's kind of weird that Frank would say, yeah, uh, completely defining yourself by what you read is good. Because uh, I think that's a terrible lesson to draw from the 20th century. I mean, Unless you're a weird ideologue. Well, of course, I mean, the, the connection he's trying to make there is more toward... Not necessarily the specific books you read, and more the uh, context and source around your reading of them, I guess. Uh, yeah, like hardcover versus paperback. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, like this is the you know, you are you are someone who appreciates books for for not just for their their content. You appreciate books for the. You know, for the 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 hand tinting. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Unlike Joe Fox, yeah. who you know looks at that at that antique book and says, "Well, you know, that's not of interest to me." I mean, then there is a certain thing that like, do not commoditize books, and we'll talk about yeah. that a bit in a, in a second. Sure. Uh, yeah, but yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, I think that's all I got. I mean, for... how do you think? Uh, how do you think Frank would have reacted to the Kindle? <laughs> Good sequel opportunity. I can imagine. There's a great Frank article to be written about how symbolic the name Kindle is. Mm. And, how, you know, it's just like... Just it's like just, Hitler's book burning. It's, it's just like kindling, you know, it's, it's this, you know, books are there, yeah. you know, as as fodder for, you know, for Kindle, you know. Yeah. So, it's. I mean, I'm not Frank. I, I wouldn't... I, I don't... I don't want... Not yet. I'm. <laughs> we should all strive to be Frank one day. But, um... I think there's a nice there's a nice Frank reaction piece there around around the introduction of the Kindle. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so I think that's really all I got for that. Uh, but then we start getting the protests. Yes. Uh, let's talk about before we get to the specifics of the protests. The overall f- like fight here. What would sure. you say the strategy is? I think the strategy is to drive other customers. Well, to, in general, to drive customers away from Fox Books and to the shop around the corner. Uh, and drive Fox Books out of business, or just I to mean, maintain enough commerce to keep the oh, shop around the corner uh, profitable. I would say priority one: keep the shop around the corner, you know, viable. Right. Priority two is, yeah, I mean, you know, create a, a enough of a downswing in Fox Books' business, at least in this neighborhood, that they're incentivized to pull out of the neighborhood. Yeah, I guess the question is: okay, if they are to coexist, the you know the idea is the status quo is not working the status quo is whatever cachet shop has uh is not enough to drive enough business to it 
Sure. But if you get more cultural cachet, if it becomes more of an institution, this institutional value will add enough, you know, value add mm-hmm. that uh, in fact it will be profitable. And you know, ideally, this would not be a short-term hit, but it would be a long-term cultural reckoning. Yeah. In which it will be like permanently that you get, oh yeah, we get kind of this baseline business because we're famous. Yep. And they're trying to drive kind of a permanent amount of famousness. Which, which is not crazy. It's I not mean, crazy. It, d- d- I mean yeah. part of how the shop around the corner thrives, theoretically, is by you know, drive you know, by by being able to maintain customer loyalty with its superior service. Yeah. And so the more customers they can get through the door the more chance they have, especially customers coming in with this specific motivation of, I heard about this store, I heard about how unique it is, I'm interested. Like Those are people who are primed to be you know, converted into long-term customers of the store. But I think on top of that, I think every city has probably room for a small handful of famous bookstores. Sure. And those statements, like San Francisco's City Lights. Sure. Very famous bookstore. Yep. Uh, and I think, you know, even more than its actual quality, its famousness, its history uh, kind of ensures that it will at once get a good amount of business. And if it's, if it's you know, in peril, it will continually, I think, re-raise a hubbub. So, yeah, I mean, I think the, the strategy, I think, as far as that, make landmark this not only in a formal sense, but more importantly, in the cultural mind of the city. I think it's coherent and not un- unreasonable. Sure. Uh, yeah. The second question is, how, if they're actually trying to get rid of Fox Books, uh, is this plos- possible? Is this likely? Uh, let's, let's let's listen to rallies coming up in just a second. All right. Rally time. Rally time. It's getting political. You got to eat. You think it's a little over the top? Uh, that was the village voice. I told them to come over whenever. Oh, man. Right. good. Good punch. Yeah. Superstore. Is that what they're saying? Catchy, yeah. Well, who wrote that? <laughs> it's annoying. Pissing me off, actually. Do you want the West Side to become one big, gigantic strip mall? No! Do you want to get off the subway at 72nd and Broadway and not even know you're in New York City? No! Can we save the shop around the corner? Okay, that, that, All right. that's, that's rally time. It's a pretty clear message, I think. Well, okay, so here's my point. I made this before. When the, when the bookstore was opening, if you are trying to stop the establishment of a large chain store, the time to do it is before it opens, well before sure, it opens. of course. <laughs> and I would say there was a massive, I think, failure in every sense in that one... They did not get ahead of it. When they were, like, doing, like, proposing the business, this is getting through, uh, you know, know, a lot of different planning procedures in the city. Yeah. And I think it's really on the onus of a business to keep dibs on that. What is happening? Well, I mean, the dynamic at play here is, and, and this is stated pretty explicitly, Kathleen does not initially see it as a threat or at least is in denial about it being a threat. 
Well, I think that part of the fact that when she saw that it was opening, she was already in denial because yeah. she took it. Yes. She knew that she couldn't defeat it. She, you could say uh, you could say she was unwilling to fight. Yes, that, that was it. I mean, until she got the inspiration from Joe, she was, or not necessarily unwilling, but she. I don't think she would have, I think if you had asked her, you know, does it make sense to try and fight this? I think she would say no because we're going to be just fine. Yeah, I mean, I would say it's really a failure of the Franks of the world because if Frank was, as you'd see in many places like San Francisco, constantly at the planning commission and saying anytime something happens, he's going to freak out and say this cannot happen. That's a very good conservative energy to make sure nothing ever changes. And I'd say that's probably what Frank wants. It's probably what Megan Day wants. Uh, so I think that's, uh, you know, that, that's kind of an institutional uh, white blood cells that that apparently lack here because <laughs> this as as uh, Kevin Jackson was was noting earlier, everything opened without a hitch. They they kind of worked with some neighborhood associations and just kind of sailed through. By the way, this is a case issue. Stanford earful of you've got mail. Unless you are listening on the podcast, and then it is not. I'm wondering, did you, I, I wanted to freeze frame it and write things down. Did you get the signs of everyone outside? Of course. Uh, okay, good. I kind of thought you would, and I didn't have time to get to it. So <laughs> please, please read. Um, okay, so I will, so actually, I, I should say, I have, I have all the signs for when they are, when she's at the megaphone. No, I know, well, I know that, that's when, the ones easier to read. The picket lines are harder to get. Right? Yeah, I don't have all the picket line signs. Do you have um, most of them? I do have the chance. Well, okay. Well, okay. Fine. I'll write them down next time. Um, <laughs> well, I, some of them are bigger is the, not better. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, there's another one that says, uh, save our shop. I think one says put socks on Fox. That sounds right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I think that's really all I all I saw and remember. Uh, and then um, uh, it is interesting. I mean, more than half of the people in this protest are uh, young kids. Yeah. Child soldiers, baby. <laughs> yeah. Um, and their chant is one, two, three, four. We don't want your superstore. Five, six, seven, eight. Uh, Fox books. Something has got to wait. Has got to wait. <laughs> has got to wait until no, it's something else. Yeah. Um. And Joe gets their chant wrong. Joe no, repeats true? it. Yeah. Joe says we don't want the superstore. Uh, the lines in the credits: one, two, three, four. We don't want your superstore. Yeah. Five, six, seven, eight. Go away and close the gate. Go away and close the gate. That's right. And, and yeah, his quote is: "We don't want this superstore. This, no, the, this, the. this. That's what the this? that's what the captions say. It's not this. It's he says the." Well, take it up with the caffeine. <laughs> we will see, yeah. Um, and uh, and then we see in the crowd around Kathleen, we get less is more. Yes. Uh, and then we get there is only one shop around the corner. Yes, I also wrote that down. Very good. Yeah. I believe less is more is being held up by Frank. <laughs> good. Yeah. Very good. As Herodotus said, yeah. less is more. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, question about the picket line. Yeah. You know, traditionally, I mean, I think the most famous form of a picket line is used with union uh, labor actions, mm. uh, which is to say it's a picket line to say we are not working. We're drawing attention to ourselves not working. Uh-huh. We're withdrawing our labor from the market. And in fact, we are uh, putting this action to make sure not only that, but you cannot bring scabs in uh, and we will harass any scabs that try to enter the shop. Um, yeah. I mean I, 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 <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. Usually a picket line is not only a way of, 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 of 
uh, amplifying a message, there is kind of a form of uh, intimidation. And is the inti- sure. like how much of the intimidating customers from getting in they're not blocking the entrance no yeah i don't think i think it's less about that i mean because there aren't any signs well again i'm I, unless there's some i missed but I, I like fox book shoppers are scabs right there aren't signs that are like you know don't go in there don't shop at fox books whatever it's much more about uh you know we we need to um you know we need to protect shop around the corner you know it's <laughs> i mean i think part of the fact this is kind of i think I think it works, but it's also kind of uh, funnily, uh, you know, uh, irritating. It's like this thing, we don't want the super. Who are you talking to? Like, are you talking to the city government? Are you talking to the mass? Like, if this is a boycott, if this is a, like a consumer union action, it's very poorly organized in that sense. Well, I think it's, you know, it, it is... I would say it's not it's not established as a boycott at any point. It's also a relatively small number of people and more than half of them are children. So sure. it's maybe it's, not the it's most... Kind of, it's kind of a cute, you know, child... Like a child's crusade is cute. This is yes. a, child's, a child's labor strike. It's not a particularly out, out, outcome-driven action, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I think it's kind of like it's done as a stunt to grab eyeballs. Yeah, I mean, you. I'm sure, you know, that gets... That it's a news reporter too you know yeah yeah which i mean as you see i think that's a small action but it gets parlayed into this nice uh, rally sure which uh again uh i mean hard to see this rally and not think donald trump <laughs> yeah i did write perfect app for today yeah i mean i'd say yeah the, the fight you know that they're making it starts with grabbing media you know just like donald trump grabs the media and then it turns to demagoguery and sure. Kathleen Kelly is like the ultimate demagogue. Well, but she is at least you know in her demeanor, uh, you know she's she's doing all these side glances. No, she's no, kinda... I, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm being facetious here because in practice, uh, she's for... very bad at it. <laughs> no, I'd say actually, in it's very well acted insofar as uh, Kathleen Kelly uh, is acting as a way of a person not very comfortable with public speaking would be acting. Yes. And I think it's very well done. Not just not comfortable with public speaking, not comfortable with uh, being on a pedestal like this. You know, be like her shop getting this much attention. I think she's also kind of struggling a little bit with that as well. You're, you're seeing personal growth. You're seeing someone with discomfort, you know, going into new things. You're not just seeing actions by people in their arena. You're seeing someone being put in a novel area. And it's fun to watch. It works. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so uh, her lines that she says during the rally is uh, she's talking about, would you like it if uh, you you know this entire area of New York City is turned into a strip mall? Sure, uh, which is, I mean, that's a that's a common, you know, I mean, 98, pro- probably good, you know, pretty, pretty, um, you know, uh, central time for, for anti-strip mall uh, sentiment, you know, that was... Probably around the time a lot of strip malls are being built, you know. Yeah, and I mean, she and she says too, like, how would you like to exit the seventy second and Broadway uh, subway and not even know you're in New York City? Yeah, I mean that's obviously an exaggeration, but I think the point she's making is our our key asset as a city, as a city landscape, are unique storefronts, and if those unique storefronts disappear. 
uh, you you will no you know you, you now no longer have a meaningfully different a city that is meaningfully different from any other city such that you you know you, I, mean, I would say when you exit when you exit a subway as your form of conveyance that's very unusual in America uh, I would say the, sure. I would yeah. say that the main defining feature of a strip mall to me is a parking. Yeah, right. It's probably very few strip malls that you can access by subway. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, and yeah. I mean, I would say, yeah, I mean, based upon, uh, I I think there's, I mean, talk about more when we talk about the piazza a bit later. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, as I, I'd say kind of a weak form of theory would say, oh, look at, you know, Karl Marx and other ways of, of talking about commerce. I think a much more radical thinker is Donald Shoup uh, talking about uh, you know, I think kind of the base and superstructure of uh, parking laws and how this you know affects the fabric of, of a city. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's all about parking. Absolutely. Everything comes back to parking. Yeah. Uh, that is a massive salt shaker on the table with the fox. Uh, the fox family. <laughs> it could be. It could be sugar. I think it's sugar for coffee. That does make a lot more sense. Yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. So question for you. Um, is okay. So actually, I have kind of an anecdote. Oh, or I guess okay. a, a comparison to talk right. about. Yeah. Uh, maybe actually before that, I'd like to talk about uh, one, one more note. Uh, when they open Fox Books, one of the lines they say is uh, "There's a line by uh, Kevin, I believe. No, sorry, Joe. No pickets, no demonstrations." Ooh, yes. Yeah. So this is the we get the counterpoint here to that. Yeah, I'm just making sure to pick. Okay. This all the lines about pickets in this. Uh, soon they're gonna, as soon as they hear that we're here, uh, they're gonna be lining up the picket, the bad, bad, uh, big bad chain store. Uh, then later, uh, oh actually, I, you know, then then uh, Mor- uh, Miranda says, oh thank God, you can come in for anything, support rallies, picket lines. I don't think you know Miranda helps here. Uh, and I think actually the no picket demonstration was cut in the real lines. And he just says the neighborhood loves us. Is Miranda in the... And he says no protests, no demonstrations. That's the actual line for the, for the Is group. Miranda one of the people in the picket circle? I do not. Uh, you can check closer. Uh, there were a, people, a few people that looked... I feel like I remember seeing a lookalike in that. So we should, we should look carefully. Let, let's investigate. I do not remember that offhand. But okay, so here... It would be, it would be a, a, a bold move for her, given that she, she is now set to debut her new book uh we have talked about i do okay i guess you're right i think uh it's non-exclusive but i think if you're protesting a store you probably should revise and make yourself exclusive i mean protesting outside a store where there's a a sign of you in the window is yeah is a little bit uh you know it's it's bold yeah it's a little little tough to to rationalize that with uh you know with, with yourself um, okay, so here is uh, here's a story sure. of, of a yeah, successful action. In, tell me a story. In the mid '80s, uh, in uh, the Clifton neighborhood of Cincinnati, notable for being the area uh, around uh, the University of Cincinnati, it's the college town area of town. Mm. Uh, the the movie theater there, an old movie theater, was going out of business. It was a second-run movie theater at that point, and it was unprofitable. Uh, they actually stopped showing movies for several years, mm-hmm. and the landowner wanted to sell it to, I think, his best bid, which was someone who wanted to turn it into a Wendy's franchise. 
Oh, okay. Uh, interesting enough at this point, like it actually be a Wendy's franchise. Gigantic Wendy's franchise if it's replacing. <laughs> yeah, it would actually be a, it would be like a no drive through, no parking. You walk up Wendy's franchise uh, and pretty, pretty big, I guess. I was like the size of a movie theater. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the Clifton, uh, you know, town council or whatever it was uh, rallied against this saying we must save uh, the Esquire. And this was, I'll say this, I think they got it at the right point, which is they got it before they actually approved of the Wendy's. Mm. Uh, several things happened, uh, which is they formed several lawsuits. They brought it to the Ohio Supreme Court. Uh, and uh, they, I think at one point, uh, they, I think they did several things. They tried to actually uh, work against this specific action. They actually created statutes to say no chain restaurants could be put in this part of the neighborhood. Wow. These people are like a huge nimbies, but I will say they were effective in saving the, uh, the movie theater insofar as the person who hoped to cash out, the landowner, uh, found every option so unprofitable that they eventually said, okay, screw it, I'm giving it away to this new nonprofit which was put into place to acquire the Esquire to keep it as a movie theater. Wow. Uh, and in fact, I mean, so this all happened before I lived in Cincinnati, and I only knew the Esquire as kind of one, I, probably the, the, the probably the most famous and I think most kind of art house adjacent movie theater in the Cincinnati area. And I mean, I'll, I'll say I, I, I might critique for NIMBYs, but in this case, I don't think, I don't think broad anti-fast food chain laws are good but i do think uh my lesson here is it kind of worked out if you want to save a cultural institution i think you should actually try to have some sort of the city kind of own it and they kind of own it insofar as it's a non-profit designated by the city to maintain the property as a movie theater in perpetuity uh so yeah i, I it's i think th that's a different option or what could happen here which is well, you could stop being a for-profit bookstore that's never on the table yeah i mean i i mean i think realistically uh, this is about breaking even not necessarily about making a profit but yeah. um yeah I, I you know i don't think she's looking to cash in on any of this but i think it's it is interesting that her she is in the world of business when really you know she she would honestly want to run this as a museum, as, a as like some, a community service. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which it, it's interesting that that you know, I'd say not only in this movie because of course you're not going to bring it up, but I'd say more often. Uh, I think really a lot of places that were previously for-profit things that probably could be run as a cultural institution, as a nonprofit, should be considered for bookstores, record stores. Uh, you know, musical venues, comedy venues, you know, other stuff. I think that's something we should probably explore more. Sure. Uh, you know, I think we have a good plot line in movies, too. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that'd be a fascinating sequel. Absolutely, absolutely. So, okay, uh, that's that's kind of all I got for the rally. I, yeah, those are the rallies. Um, oh, we, we didn't we didn't check for Miranda. We got to do a Miranda check next time around. So yeah. just, you know. Do, do you want me to bring up uh, deleted scenes now or later? Uh, no, it's fine. I will say one more thing before we leave the scene. I do like the Fox strategy table. I like that they, they've got this nice little, you know, a, a sort of a, a, an on-site oh, Fox box. Yeah, we didn't talk about the inside scene. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned the Big Sugar. Yeah. They, it, is, it is a credit to the store that the Fox clan 
enjoys hanging out there. Sure. Yeah, they're hanging. They're at a table. They've got their coffee. They've got their Fox Books mugs. Uh, and it, it's a real nice. They've got their little perch, you know, and they just kind of can oversee the store from this little, you know, again, it's like the, it's like the on the ground Fox Box. It's like it's the Club nice. Thirty Three of Fox Books. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Although so I believe this is actually publicly accessible where they're where they're sitting. Oh, oh sure, no. Of it'd be very yes. cool yeah. if this was actually like a, a private roost, um, a private eagle's nest. Sure, yeah. Which, speaking of, very kind of weird photo. I, I believe, uh, I believe scholars reading the Wall Street Journal. It looks like based upon the uh, layout, uh, and there's a, an image of a of like a person on it. Looks a lot like Hitler. Ah, so keep an eye for that. Okay, yeah. Uh, in scholars' newspaper, uh, but. Are you thinking halfway through? Have you considered drinks? Very dry episode. Yeah, I you know I didn't really pay that much attention. There is one though that I do I did note. Um, okay. Like, do you have you thought about you know what? It, well, I mean, there is there's a coffee at the table. We definitely have that, right? I mean, there's always coffee. There's always coffee. They're drinking cups of coffee at that table. But not there is one that, additional that, that I did note. It's not exciting. But I believe is, there's a Nestle branded water. That's next to the jo- one. Okay. That's the one. <laughs> <That's> an option. <laughs> It's an option. It's in in his uh, on his treadmill uh, in the in the little cup holder on the treadmill. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so uh, let's see. Um, treadmill scene. Treadmill scene. We get the second Dave Chappelle cameo of the movie. That's uh, actually the character of Kevin Jackson. <laughs> okay. I would say uh, instrumental to the success of Fox Books. Even oh, though he's certainly. not he's not invited to the family uh, brunch, but he is clearly the man running things on the ground. And and what a time to be watching Dave Chappelle on You've Got Mail when when just tonight uh, all all of you uh, everyone out there is going to be able to watch him uh, host Saturday Night Live. It's perfect timing. I mean, he this 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 podcast is affected by Trump and Dave Chappelle, as he showed after the last election and this election, is the. Uh, you know, kind of our leading, uh, you know, voice to speak out against Trump in elections. So, he, you know. yeah, I mean, he's really been the only one. You know, um, yeah, he stands alone in that respect. He stands alone. No one else has talked about. Him. No, it's really been a quiet four years. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's been he's been resisting for the rest of us. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so we see, so we get we get a nice long dose of him today. You know, in, in, yeah. as we're observing right now. What? Him on the treadmill? Kevin Jackson, Joe Fox, uh, at the gym together. Yes. You know, uh, you know, Joe Fox, he likes to hang out at the bookstore, drink coffee with his fam, likes to, you know, likes to go to the gym with his, uh, with his business associate. Yeah. He doesn't, um, yeah, he, he doesn't do a whole lot else. Yeah. Uh, Joe Fox wearing a Fox Books. Oh, look at the paper. Oh, you're right. Yes. That is a weird... It's a lot like Hitler. I mean, a young Hitler. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like uh, yeah, the teen years. A teen, yes. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, okay, so in Joe Fox wearing Fox Books branded uh, you know, T-shirt. Kevin Jackson wearing a, wearing a heavy sweatshirt. Yeah, so I wrote down, um, what did I say? Uh, nobody in this gym is wearing gym clothes. And and it's like and, and I mean that's not entirely true. I'm being a little provocative no, there. I'd say everyone except 
Well, so it's interesting. I, the standards of gym clothes have really changed in the past, you know, two decades or so. I'm not really a gym goer, so this doesn't seem weird to me. Well, so I mean, it's now it's all about the, you know, the Lululemon. The, yes, I mean, you know, the the future fabrics, right? I mean, sure. the you know parachute pants. Yes, no one is wearing. No one would wear cotton in a gym today, right? It's a it's a non-ideal fabric for working out you know it, it's not going to wick sweat in, in the same way or if it, it, you but know, the if it sweat does let you know you're working out right i mean it's just going to get soaked and then it's going to and then it's going to heat insulate which is going to then cause you to not be able to you know you're going to you're going to get hotter and 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 not be as as effectively able to to you know dissipate heat from your body so you know, a modern modern workout clothes are all about you know wicking sweat, uh, uh, enabling you know breathability, uh, enabling flexibility, you know all that sort of stuff. Many people in this gym are wearing just you know sort of cotton shirts and and cotton pants, um, which you know at least what look like that. I miss the '90s. It looks pleasant. It's. I mean, it, it is. It, I'm stylistically, it's kind of nice. Um, Functionally, I think, functionally. I mean, isn't that if you sweat more, you know, you're working out more. The more you, the more you sweat, no, the more well, you score. I mean, again, future fabrics are not about making you sweat less. They're about taking the sweat and and wicking it away from your body and getting it out so that it can evaporate, as opposed to you know so keeping it's it helping with cooling. Helping with cooling, exactly. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. You really want? I mean, that's what your sweat is doing in the first place. I mean, the fact we wear clothes on top of our sweat is like an unnatural thing from an evolutionary standpoint. So, you you know, it's actually there to, it's supposed to get, you know, it's getting the heat out of your body or getting whatever, you know, it's, 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 it's helping you, helping your body cool by, by transferring heat out of your body. The sweat evaporates. That has an evaporative cooling effect. You're able to regulate your temperature. If you've got a layer in between you oh, and God, the outside world. I've heard enough. This is, this is, this is way that too is, detail. That is becoming an insulator. And that's going to prevent the evaporation effect. You know, you're basically preventing evaporative cooling at that point. So the result is, I mean, you might think, you know, oh, well, it's, it's, you know, I think it just looks good. It's going to get cold. There's there's air conditioning in there. It's probably going to be fine. But really, I mean, once you've created that kind of seal, uh, you know, you're really going to, going to suffer from your lack of evaporative cooling. Just like Batman forever suffered from seal. Exactly. So what we like to do nowadays is if you have something, okay, I'm going to veto. Let's talk about other parts of the scene. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about, they're, they're working out. They watch the TV uh, and they're seeing a news segment. This is, I don't know if this is happen chance, but it's a news segment. Joe Fox is on. I think it's happenstance. Uh, happenstance, happen chance, kitty corner, catty corner. You know, it's all it's all regional. Mm. Uh, happenstance is a happenstance that uh, I believe it is happenstance. I think so too, uh, which implies they're probably not. They're doing more press, but Joe seems very invested in his segment here. Oh, it's great! It's great. Um, so yeah, well, he's invested in not just his segment. I mean, he's invested in the whole thing. I think. Um, so they interview. It's it's a segment where they talk to Kathleen Kelly. Kathleen Kelly is being interviewed. Apparently inside her store, because you can see the train behind her one more time in this oh, in this video shot. I didn't notice that. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they talk. They had a pre-recorded shot uh, uh, inserted of Joe Fox uh, yes. at his store. And and let's go let's go in order here. I think you know the thing with Kathleen Kelly. I mean, you know, an okay interview, but she's a pill. She is a pill. She's a pill. I bet she's not that fine person either. Yeah, yeah, just a pill. Yeah, um, <laughs> total 
bitch. But yeah, it's you know, interesting question. They talked to Joe Fox as vice president of Fox Books. Is that the right call? I mean, I would say like, in so I mean, Joe Fox puts a friendly face. He's, I mean, but you could say. Oh, I think he's the face of Fox Books. I think he's. I think at this point, that mantle's been handed to him. He's probably more able to. You know, he he's. Whatever, Even though he's you know. like only, uh, you know, I think is he more just kind of a glorified PR guy? I think so. I mean, definitely. I mean, of the three, Nelson would not be likable, right? I mean, let's go through them, right? So, Schoiler, 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 Schoiler is is not going to be able to coherently get through it. <laughs> he might be charming. It would look like look at this weird eccentric old dude. <laughs> well, the the, the 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 shop uh, the the train is now in the window of the store. Just now. Ah. So that's where it is. She's outside the window of the store Ooh, with the is. train behind her. Uh, should we listen in? Yeah. Because the big bad wolf, Fox Books, has opened only a few hundred feet away, few hundred. wooing customers with its sharp discounts and designer coffee. Well, well uh, they, they have to have discounts and lattes because most of the people who work there have never read a book. She's not as nice as she seems on television. You met her? Yeah. Boy, she's a pill. A pill. Probably as fine as she look on TV either. Oh, no, no, she's beautiful. But she's a pill. A pill. You don't feel bad about basically sending her ass back to the projects with food stamps? No. Broke single white lady? It's not personal. It's business. Yeah. Hey, here's a good-looking guy. I sell cheap books. I do, so sue me. That, in a nutshell, <laughs> is the Fox hey. philosophy. That's what you said? Well, yeah, that's not all I said. I said, oh, I can't believe those bastards. I said we were great. I said you could sit and read for hours and no one will bother you. I said we had 150,000 titles. I showed the New York City section. I said we were a goddamn piazza. A place in the city where people could mingle and mix and be. Piazza. I was eloquent. Thanks to the fuck. Piazza. Well, it's inevitable, I guess. People want to turn her into Joan of Arc. And you into a Tilda Hunt. Well, not me personally, but the company, yeah. Makes no apologies. I have met Joe Fox, and I've heard him compare his store to a price club and the books in it to cans of olive oil. Fox the falls off the treadmill. He does. He was blown away. Okay, first After note. After pressing the emergency stop button, he pressed the stop button, and then and the, treadmill, the treadmill still takes a little time um, to wind down, and then he just works. Uh, okay, well, quick note. Uh, he says, uh, Kathleen Kelly says, he was talking about cans of olive oil. In fact, he talked about vats of ten-gallon vats of olive oil. Sure. Well, those there's. I mean, those are still. Those could still be cans. Mm, large cans. Not sure. But, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, she actually makes it sound more pleasant than. than he made okay, it sound but as we're saying, Scoiler might might actually oh. be pleasant because he's a batty old dude. Yeah, but, but he could not... also be like. Like, what is this freakish old Dutch man doing to our neighborhood? Well, and, like, I don't think he's going to be able to get any... I mean, not that Joe Fox was successful in this regard either, but, like, he's probably not going to be able to effectively get the Fox books message across, right? He's probably just going to ramble incoherently. Well, he could say, I love books. I love, I love, yeah, I love bringing books to people. I, uh, this, this neighborhood needs a place to drink coffee and read books. You know, I think people would actually... That, that could be charming. It's sure. like, oh, you know, uh, Nelson... Uh, bad news. Nelson yeah. would Nelson would be a screw up. Yes, not likable. Yeah, 
probably not that eloquent, although, you know, I, who knows? He hasn't said a whole lot. Um, I mean, he is, he is, you know, the, the solid core of seriousness. At, at this yes. He's yeah. not, he's not the friendly face. Yeah. And then I think Joe is a good choice. I mean, he, you know, he definitely is, is quick witted. He looks like a, like a affable movie star. He looks, he, yeah. People, you know, you look at that face and you just say, wow, that really reminds me of, you know, of, of Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think I don't think that's a bad choice at all. I think that works. I mean, I think you know, sure, he, yeah, obviously no. he. I mean, he the only question been... is, is he competent enough? Because uh, he's not good, really, mm-hmm. at stuff. But he is. He, oh, but he, his natural charm is. Oh, char- charming and talking are things he's very good at. But he's not good at strategy. He fires from the hip. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, another another note. Uh, yeah, Kevin Jackson says that if she's put out of business, Kathleen Kelly. She will not only lose her business, but she will, in fact, have to move to the projects and go on food stamps. Yeah. I, I mean, he's exaggerating a bit, but it's also, I mean, it's like, is this, are these lines that, like, since they had Dave Chappelle, they wanted him to say? Or is this something that Dave Chappelle came up with on his own? Two, two notes. Uh, beep, beep, beep. Let's go back in time. Uh, these are lines from Reread the Tweets. YGM okay. 2019. Yes. Uh, implication now that the failure of Ryan's bookstore will result in her material deprivation, which seems implausible based on the lack of any material concerns by everybody so far. <laughs> I, I stand by that. Uh, sure. Then you chime in. Uh, we get a good price club mention. This was pre-Costco takeover. Ooh, yeah. Well, we talked about that on a, on a previous episode. So yeah. Here is another uh, change in the script. He talks about projects and food stamps. Uh, in fact, in the original uh, screenplay, here is what he said, Kevin Jackson. It says, so you don't feel bad about basically destroying her livelihood, not to mention her legacy, not to mention her raison d'etre? Okay, so this is definitely then Dave Chappelle ad-libbing with lines that are well, more natural. I mean, okay, come, you, like, you could be, you know, this could be a way of updating the character to be more, uh, quote-unquote, urban. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, he, I mean, I think he is trying—I I mean, I assume this is stuff he's coming up with, but— you know, I mean, these uh, are. I mean, I think he's he's he reads the script. He might work with it to kind of feel the character better. I will say this: this is better theory of mind in a different way. Kevin Jackson, I could believe that he is. I think the only person who he I think isn't living in a dream world. He's a very practical man. Sure. Uh, and in the original screenplay, Kevin is saying destroying her legacy and her raison d'etre. This is something that Kathleen would be saying about herself, and I think it's bad if other characters are thinking in the same mindset Kathleen would. It's bad yeah. theory of mind, and it was a good improvement to say this is what Ke- how Kevin would view it. Oh, so, absolutely. So yeah. great great improvement. Yeah. Um, okay, other thing I think is, is interesting here, when Joe Fox is shown on TV, we get his title as Vice President Fox Books, all one word with a capital F. Yes. Uh, that's We see that, I think, both ways in the, um, in the screenplay. Yeah. I mean, I I can I can un, I can buy that maybe that's the um, actually it's interesting in this yeah I think in the screenplay I think it was pretty consistently that way I could buy that that might be the actual incorporated name of the company and that their just their public brand is you know is is Fox and Sons Fox and Sons books yeah I don't the, think but, we actually see Fox books in text written on screen outside of this in the movie i think we only see it fox, yeah fox and fox sons. and sons so yeah, i mean the shirt he's wearing says fox and sons so yeah what so is, what is the shirt that kevin jackson is wearing yeah, it's like some like corporate looking logo like <laughs> web 1.0 it looks a little something. bit like a uh, pizza port logo to me speaking but, of pizza the yeah. piazza ah la piazza 
So, okay, here's something I find very, very interesting. I'm going to talk about this for a minute. Uh, So, okay, so he is saying, I sell cheap books. Sue me. Uh, You know, and this is actually considered the the line here by many people. I think by uh, the Franks, I think the standard media take in the Megan days of today is trying to commodify the experience of books is bad. Books should not be a commodity. Sure. And I think the problem here is, in fact, literally, <laughs> books are a commodity. They are being yes. bought and sold. Uh, and uh, one thing that's very, very funny, compare this to uh, earlier in it, when he mentions the revenues of the shop around the corner, when he's, like, thinking and out, he's crunching numbers, you probably make uh, how much per week? What was it again? 20000 Something like that? Uh, Sure. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this was considered incredibly harmful to her. Part of it is, you know... It was, you know, weirdly, uh, weirdly invasive. Mm. Part of it is there's a breach of etiquette. How dare you talk about commodities? Uh, and I think that's the thing. Like, it's it's revealing her hypocrisy. She doesn't view her bookstore as a commodity, as, as a form of commodification. But in fact, it is. Yeah. Like, it literally is. Well, it doesn't have to be. No. Well, if it was run as a nonprofit, like, well, or I mean, again, I think she even sees the, then it would still you have I, to keep track of budgets. She sees account. the value of her store not in the actual value of the books she is selling, but instead in the value of the service she's providing. Uh, uh, you know, in recommending books, in running story time, it, you know, everything uh, creating a nice ambiance within the store. It's all the peripheral stuff, which is where she sees herself as adding value. It's not the books themselves. Uh, I mean, sure, but which I think is incredibly funny. In this case, he's saying the Fox and Sons bookstore, uh, you know, in in the form of Barnes and Noble, is in fact better as a non-commodified place. Insofar as people can just go there, you don't have to buy anything. You can just mingle. You can hang out. You know, it's a it's actually you create a space in the neighborhood in yeah. which it is kind of an extension of the sidewalk. You can choose to buy stuff, do whatever you want. Sure. And yep. I will say this is very funny in practice. Every time I go into a tiny, tiny bookstore or record store or whatever, I feel kind of necessarily hounded by people. Like, you better buy something. Yeah. You be- and if I go into a Barnes & Noble, like, who cares? Like, I can go in just to hang out. It's very well, funny. It's more decommodified in the big chain store than it is a small place. And there's a few things going on there. I mean, I think one. I mean, one thing obviously is this. I mean, that is their model, right? I mean, part of it is the idea that it's more than just a bookstore. It's also a hangout space. It, you know, it's a coffee shop. It's you know, there's a lot going on. That's not just the bookstore part. Yeah. Uh, also, I just noticed there's another huge salt or sugar shaker that is on the counter behind them. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, so, um, it, you know, so part that, of it's that's, that that's decommodified. Take as much sugar as you want. Yes. The other part of it is it's. Uh, I mean, they just have a lot more space, right? Uh, you know, I mean, they, they have five floors, so it, 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 there's less of a. Um, there's less of a need to so I mean you know let's say you got a small bookstore there's one table with two chairs right and you've got someone who comes in and spends the whole day sitting at the at, at that you know table with taking up one of the chairs that's you know that's a material you know dent in your capacity you know to to host people comfortably versus a five story Fox Books. Uh, and, and the implication here too is that there's decreasing costs of scale. If sure. Owning a small bookstore, you have so much of a baseline cost that you actually had to produce more per square foot. Yeah. At the five floors of books, uh, you actually have you can afford less productivity per square foot. Yes. Because it kind of has like just naturally the synergy of all the floors gets more. 
uh, you know, gets more sales. And in fact, you can have, you know, thinner margins. Yes. So and, everyone wins. Well, and, and because it's being, you know, effectively subsidized by the profits of the larger company behind it, there's not, there isn't it's need. being subsidized by cappuccino. Yes. There, yeah, sure. By other people buying expensive cappuccinos. There isn't a need to, um, you know, I mean, the reason you feel pressure in a small bookstore is because you know that your whether you buy a book or not is actually having a very direct impact on that store's ability to continue to exist. Yeah. Whereas with the level of scale, especially of a chain bookstore, that's going to survive regardless because well, just like Borders and Barnes just and like Borders and Barnes and Noble did. Um, you know, <laughs> apart from large market disruptions, is going to survive regardless of of your you know whether you buy a book that day or not. Right. Yes. Um, so, or, or, you know, I mean, obviously the small bookstore is not going to go out of business. You didn't buy a book that one day, but like the small bookstore needs to cultivate customers who are going to buy books in that specific location on a regular basis. And, you know, and, and, and every book you buy is going to have a larger impact on that small bookstore than it will on a large chain. Right. It's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just like your vote in, you know, in, in, in a, in a smaller state, it doesn't um, matter, might have more of an impact on, on the election. Yeah, zero versus zero. So, um, the um, let's see. Um, Man, time, we have a lot to talk about. We have a lot to talk about. We, we, we've, yeah, there's really a lot here. Uh, in the interview, I like the shout out to him showing them around the New York City book section. Yeah, he has a nice Eiffel. Uh, sorry, uh, Empire State Building yep, in the background, yep. and he does say like this is the thing. Like, how do you know you're in New York City? And he is kind of making it is saying like, at this level of scale, no matter where we put a Fox Books, we can tailor to your neighborhood, which is kind of I mean that's a form of you know uh, you know making local uh, you know outlets with more character. You can do it. You can add character. Well, and I, uh, yes, I like that aspect of it. I also, I mean, this is a reference to the fact that they put that other bookstore out of business, remember, and acquired their collection. No other way to get New York books. Obviously. No other way to get New York books. So they they put, they put the other bookstore out of business, acquired their collection, created a New York City book section. It would be funny if like he actually had the sign of the other bookstore hanging, <laughs> like, oh, look at we have the flavor of New York, <laughs> like this bookstore we drive out of business. Yes, exactly. Um, so, uh, so I thought that connection was, was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Okay. Scene five. Scene the fifth. Uh, we have Sydney Ann Strongin and Inside Media. Yes. And, and Jeffersonian Purity. Jefferson, oh, Jeffersonian Purity. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have more time to talk about this next ep, but let's talk a little bit about this. Uh, Sydney Ann Strongin played by Jane Addams. Uh, Jane Addams uncredited, weirdly enough. Okay. Uh, had a very big year. This is the same year that she, I think, starred in, I think, the biggest movie of her career, Happiness, Todd huh. Solon's. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I mean, and based upon that, like, she, I'd say she was not really famous, which is kind of weird that why is she uncredited? Cameo. It, it, it literally is a cameo. Uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, uh, Frank's saying, please record this. I'm on TV. He starts mouthing his own lines again. Uh, but let's talk about Jefferson Impurity just for a moment. Sure. Uh, I would say that there's there's a lot of interesting uh, things here. I was just just reading uh, something just last week about the 1948 presidential campaign of Henry Wallace, uh, and this is a line that Henry Wallace says about like you know kind of how like just being kind of humorless and dull. The job of reconciling Jeffersonian democracy to the impact machine civilization is one which is going to take the most imaginative resources of all of us. Uh, and this this is kind of part of the thing talking about is Henry Wallace never really resolved 
whether he is anti-capitalist or for free enterprise. So he, he, he split the difference, which is that he, you know, he loves small business, you know, kind of the, uh, you know, people should be running business, but what are the problems? It is bigness. Bigness is a problem of uh, commodification and capitalism, as opposed to the fact that it is the fact that we have kind of bloodthirsty competition at any scale, <laughs> uh, which is, that's kind of the Jeffersonian ideal. I mean, uh, to talk about Hamilton, uh, I know that that's been fresh in your mind. Oh, yeah. Jefferson and Watched Hamilton. Yeah, uh, they, they were at, they're at their uh, neck and neck. They had very different philosophies of what the role is of the modern state. Sure. Uh, Hamilton believed the goal is to facilitate commerce. You should actually have heavy state intervention to facilitate commerce, not only at small scales, but in fact large scales, uh, and in this will, you know, buoy the entire strength of the state, the economy, blank, blank, blank. Uh, you need large banking institutions. Jefferson really didn't like cities, didn't like commerce, didn't like banking. He believed in agriculture. He believed in kind of small subsistence farmers from, you know, sea to sea. So that's, is I mean, is, is this is what Jeffersonian purity is, is the <laughs> it's, notion it's, of a, a, is the equivalent of a small farmer. Kind of, it's subsistence, you know, in other farms. And of course, yeah. when you're in New York City, it's like, well, you're not subsistent, you know. Yeah. No one is farming in Manhattan, but. But that's what he's trying to evoke here. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. And I think this is, to me, there's a lot of the new left here. And the new left. <laughs> Uh, kind of evoked by like, you know, kind of small is beautiful mindset in the 60s and 70s mm-hmm. was kind of the aesthetics of small is good. Why is small good? You know, it feels right. And you don't really kind of look at the repercussions and the consequences. And I think it's very interesting that even back in, you know, 1948, you saw the seeds of this starting to emerge. Uh, but like, you know, how do you deal with the actual challenges and scales of New York City when you want to attack bigness, because it's the biggest city in the country. You know, bigness is inherent. Sure, yeah. And I think it's in, inherently, I think, contradictory, maybe you could say thoughtless or hypocritical, to say that, oh, small is beautiful when you're in New York City without actually kind of, how do you rectify it? Hmm. I think there's not a whole lot of thought here. He just says, we need Jeffersonian purity, when in fact the very existence of the Upper West Side would be repugnant to Jefferson. Yeah. <laughs> Again, he's not. He, he's. It's a relative thing. It's a and it's a. He's trying to make the comparison for the sake of um, evoking the spirit of Jeffersonian purity. Not not. You know. <laughs> I think that's the thing. That's you see that so much. I mean, I I think so much of the continuing struggle with. I think, you know, left, like, you know, the left today is that we still have these new left ideals of small is beautiful, which in practice just means uh, you maintain the status quo and you kind of cling to conservative ideals, which to me isn't a very good, isn't really left in a way. Sure, sure. So, and I think that's, you know, I mean, that's all we see of Frank. He has no positive vision. He just has kind of like weird aesthetic. A, yeah, a make it stop, make it stop kind of. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's kind of my take on that. Yep. Yeah, the world is moving too fast. Slow it down. <laughs> Which it, to me is like, okay, that's coherent. Maybe yeah. it's even right, but it's conservative. 
he is a conservative. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, and then... Um, uh, another, another beep, beep, beep. Uh, here's another uh, beep, beep, beep. Line, line from the past. Beep, 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 beep. Uh, I say, Jefferson purity is a phrase you may have heard in the 1990s, but probably not today. Hashtag YGM 2019, hashtag me too. Uh, this was, I think, just, a, you know, a few years before... Uh, I think people really had a lot of major stories about uh, Jefferson raping his slave. Sure. Uh, and, uh, you know, I think Jeffersonian purity really sounds gross with modern ears. Right. And I mean, I get in this sense, he's not talking about Jefferson, the person he's talking about the concept. Jeff- but, I mean, Je- Jefferson's policies kind- or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But, but when applied, yes. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. The brand is kind of tainted. Yes. Yeah. A bit. Um, okay. Before we talk about feuds. Okay. But anything more? Cause I have a few. Um, the, Oh, I mean, I think it's funny that he, he is um, obsessed about taping the show and then starts talking about VCRs. Um, we're going to uh, hear that, I think, more in the next episode. Yeah, yeah so but I, 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 I like that he's he's talking about it outside the the you know the the interview, and then he starts talking about VCRs in the interview. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a very nice duality. Oh, it's very good. Yeah. Um, and I thought maybe uh, taping the news show could be a hack of the app, but I mm, you know just sure. put it out there. Um, and then um, obviously him mouthing it along, mouthing his. <laughs> His his interview along to himself as it is happening is. As I say, he's a bit of a one note character, but consistently very funny. You know, so great, good and great Kinnear, great actor, consistently sells it. You know. Yes, exactly. Uh, All right. Few notes before we yes. get the feuds on feuds. stuff stuff that was taken out of the script. Oh, okay. A small scene. Uh, when we actually see the instant messages uh, break in the original screenplay, we actually saw not only Frank enter, but also Patricia enters at mm. Joe's place. Hmm. And this has to do with the earlier deleted scene where she's mean to a rabbi in a taxi. Is that she is now, even though she's not Jewish, she has bought a menorah. So <laughs> that's kind of funny. Yeah. So that's a whole plot line taken out. That's probably best lost, but that is funny. Uh, there is scenes that were not in the screenplay. The outdoor rally, the picket line, and the indoor uh, they annoy me. Not in the screenplay. That was added. Uh, then there was a scene taken out, and this is big. They're at fil- they're inside this shop around the corner. They're they're fielding the press. It's hubbub. We've seen the scene. It ends originally with someone entering, and he enters and he says, "Hello, I'm William William Spungen." <laughs> no way. Yeah. So this is actually pretty big. So and Kathleen says, "I'm very pleased to meet you. I'm Kathleen Kelly." And then Frank is just freaking out. He says, "I carry your picture in my wallet." He starts talking about his books. And he says, like, you know, I'd be happy to talk to the press about your store. I'd like to help out your store. You know, because this is a massive, massive thing. This is historic. Yeah. Uh, Frank says, this is historic. Do you realize what I've done? By writing that piece, I brought William Spongen in from the cold. I'm completely amazing. (laughs) Uh, So pretty funny. Oh, that's really good. I mean, it's so... it's it is not needed and yeah is very confusing but yeah that's... so then when we get to inside media with sydney ann strongen <laughs> yeah uh she starts her she does an introduction saying the new york literary world was shocked this week when william spungen the most famously reclusive author since jd salinger announced he's coming out of hiding because of his loyalty to small children bookstore on the west side of manhattan uh, discussing this topic tonight is Frank Damaski. <laughs> wow, this was so. This was. This, these were some smart cuts. I'll say it's not only are smart cuts, 
but the editing is very good in that they actually flow in and out well. Yeah. And they, uh, it's like, yeah, it, it works. You don't, yeah, I mean, you don't notice it. We and ob- maybe I mean, even maybe more because you don't see kind of tidy beginnings and ends of these things. I think they actually have more of a lived flavor. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the yeah. fact the show is just going, I think for sure. Yeah, yes, it, yes. it works way better. Um, yeah, but it is nice to kind of trace through and find the sponge in. You know, yeah, where, find where the sponge. Find the sponge. All right, should we get into feud update? Yes. All right, this is feud update. Okay, so I've I I would like to relitigate the feuds. Yes. Uh, so this is feud update, aka we relitigate the feuds. Yes. Uh, and by this, I uh, I have actually you know kind of rewritten the way that the feuds are in our web- website hmm. to make it easier to kind of keep track of the feuds. Sure. Uh, first off, did you see the website? Because the feuds are actually up on the website. Oh, I never. I can't. I can't. Uh, let's see. Earful of you've got mail.com. or just earfulof.com. Well, well they're all on all of them. Yeah. I like this one because it's got more gifs. Well, oh wow! Oh look at that! We've got well, some they have nice... different feuds per page. That's important. That's what I want to I talk see. about. Well, okay, I'm I'm on the YGM one. Um, yeah. I'll hit this next podcast button. Get yeah. me well, you know, what? I mean, let's the YGM is what we have now. So either we have uh, three feuds. Three feuds. The, the Pittsburgh City Orchestra. Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Symphony Orchestra has still not gotten back to us about yeah. Greg Baker. Uh, we have uh, you've got Hanks the podcast, and of course Megan Day. Uh, so I would actually, wow, Megan Day with the uh, uh, never before seen photo of uh, that's just a photo I was able to find of her. Um, <laughs> okay, um, uh, but yeah, so I would like to actually make this public. So I would like to say um, I'd like to tweet from the uh, Earful account a tweet right now. Uh, suggested text will be at Megan uh, Day. Uh, you are now in the feuding section of our website. Uh, ba- I mean, based on your recent article, uh, b- based upon based y- upon your recent article. I mean, this is the second part. You are now in the feuding section of the website based upon your recent article. Uh, yes. Um, uh, Please contact us for more information. Please. Uh, uh, yes. Um, on how to resolve this. On situation. how to resolve this this unfortunate situation. <laughs> All right, read it back, read it back. Uh, at Megan M. Day, you are now in the feuding section of our website based upon your recent article. Please contact contact us for more information on, on how to resolve this unfortunate situation. Uh, should I attach an image? Uh, you can. Is I mean, you, is, do you think... Do you think she is is going to freak out about her picture being on her website the same way that, uh, figure. that that other guy did? Well, we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, she's a public figure. Uh, so... You know, uh, I, but this this is also not a public photo. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is it? Uh, yeah, I just well, I found a photo. Okay, I can choose a different photo. Wait, really? I thought this was a screenshot you took when she popped into it. Well, a... I have no idea what you're talking okay, about. Okay, all right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to change this? No, it's fine. Do whatever you want. You're the you're the Megan Day whisperer. Uh, okay, so feud uh, instigate. I'm gonna press tweet. All right, press okay. it. Um, okay, and then we've got so if we go over to the you've got podcast uh, one. Uh, okay, yeah. So here, I just <laughs> no. okay. Ah, no, stop that. Stop it. Well, the website does it automatically. Let what me am I talk about. Do? Let me talk quickly. Here are uh, here is what it is in the code. Okay, so here are two previous 
uh, feuds. Yeah. One, the Dog Brothers resolved. And the question is, absolutely, which podcast is this relevant to? Right now, it only shows up on the Convoy website. Yeah, it's relevant to Convoy. Okay. Then yeah. second, there's Name Redacted, which is the guy who... Uh, Clint. Yeah, uh, uh, awful. Awful yep. person. Very bad. Uh, I have this on all pages, largely because it's Name Redacted. Why not? Yeah, uh, sure. Okay. So. I mean, we could probably take it off for YGM. I, I don't know okay. if he's that relevant anymore. Okay, I'll take it yeah. off. So which it'll say current feuds. It'll just be blank. Okay. So now we have current feuds. We have Terry and Michelle. This is only on Convoy. Yeah, that's still an active feud. Terry and Michelle have not gotten back to us about the interview with um, yeah. Chip Davis. Which is a question. Are active feuds automatically part of the active podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So should I add this to YGM? Carry, yes, please okay. carry over Terry and Michelle. We need to remind ourselves. I was, I mean, I got very okay. into Mannheim Steamroller's Christmas uh, album recently. Also, the right. Mannheim Steamroller channel is live for the nice. holidays on Sirius nice. XM. So Chip Davis is more relevant than ever. I think we should be, you know, looking to book time. Okay, so now that's added. Uh, second one, Pittsburgh uh, Symphony Orchestra. We have that in Cocktail, uh, yep. as well as What You Got Mail. Yep. Uh, we have You've Got Hank's podcast, which I, I've really forgotten what the feud was even I about. I don't remember what we did there. Yeah. Do we resolve the feud because we don't I, care anymore? Yeah, let's resolve the feud because we forgot what we were feuding about. Yep. I yeah. Think that's okay. fine. Let's just wrap that one up. Okay. So now I'll, I'll move that to, to resolved. So resolved date would be today. Yes. Sure. Let's Great. just say, yeah. And we uh, and we then, forgot what we were feuting about. That happens. You yeah. Know? Uh, yeah. Uh, we, 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 we don't list what the rationale is don't have you know? to Everyone don't have knows. to you know it's not, not required yeah okay that's great good good, good right. business that done. Has been and then the finally feud. megan oh. day only you got mail megan day you've got mail that has been the feud litigator all right very good um so okay drink of the app. yeah drink of the app pack of the app <laughs> let's go uh, I um, think we're, we're we're forced to say it's the Nestle bottle of water. It is the Nestle bottle of water is the drink of the app. Yeah. Uh, ne- please put a um, registered trademark uh, symbol in the. In Should I add that whatever. to the Evian as well? Um, no, just Nestle. Uh, Evian is, is okay. less litigious. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's see. Um, uh, hack of the app. Okay. Hack of the app. So I, I mean, again, my suggestion was. Well, what are flaws? What are ways in their life in which lives are imperfect? Frank has to worry about, you know, whether Kathleen is recording his, his show. He's um, very nervous. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll um, say who is annoyed. Uh, Nelson is annoyed that he has to listen to these people. Uh, oh, that's a him. good one. Yeah, 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 yeah. How does actually more generally, how does Fox Books deal with the, labor disputes? Yes, the, I mean, you know, the presence of the protesters outside. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be a way that you can deal with this unnecessary, uh, you know, uh, 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 pests. That is cool. I like that. I like okay. that. Uh, um, any anything else? I think you know. Um. Nothing I'm, look, else. I'm looking for Miranda. I'm not seeing Miranda in this crowd. Oh, not way. this crowd. No. Yeah. You do see Birdie and uh, Christina in the background. And Frank. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, well, you could talk about the fact that they are all, you know, covered with sweat that's not wicking. There's that, for sure. We talked extensively about that. Um, there, although really not enough. We should have spent a little more time on that. And um, there's also the fact he falls off the treadmill, right? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Might have some solutions there. He might have gotten badly hurt. Exactly. So what? what's, uh, yeah, what, what, what are we thinking? Uh, do you want me to make the call? 
Um, yes, please, please. Okay, I'd say the, the picket picketers. Picketers. You know, I, they're annoying. How do we deal with annoying picketers? Yeah. All right. Lots of options here. Fox books, uh, spikes come out of the ground up front. Just sidewalk spikes. Yeah, well, what do you call it? Hostile architecture? Ha- yes. Yeah, but I'm thinking more like, you know, kind of automated, right? So it like detects a picketer. You know, there's like a machine learning algorithm yeah. on a camera. If it's like, if it's a person has like a, like uh, a non-threatening picket. If you're walking around the sign saying, I love the Fox cheap books. books of Fox Books. And it's like, uh, no threat detected. Exactly. It's like, it's like RoboCop. Yes. But then it gets threat detected. Spikes come out of the ground. They get a little poke yeah. and they're on their way. Okay, how about instead of spikes, uh, you know, it's more like RoboCop, but it's a RoboFox. Like a like a pusher robot? Or like a... I would say a robotic fox. More like a shover robot. I would say it has kind of like a snout like a fox, and which uh-huh. can use to push or shove. Oh. Uh, but, okay. But, you know, just kind of like a cyber fox. And it's like most people think it's a friendly fox, and then, a, and then someone comes up and tries to, you know, raise a protest sign, and the fox just like charges them. Yeah, it's like a hall of presidents. You just have a fox outside. I think that's pleasant. People like to see it. But if you raise a sign with any political speech... Uh, fox the, jumps on you. The fox jumps. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Um, okay, what about just sound-insulating fox books, right? So just a... Uh, that's, that's a little too broad. What about oh. sound-insulating Nelson? Yes. A little, a little, just like a sphere, just like a bubble around Nelson's head. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But with a small little uh, hole for coffee. <laughs> a little straw that comes outside the bubble. and Yeah. Uh, one straw for the coffee, one straw for the sugar. <laughs> no, a little a little hatch that opens up for the sugar to be dumped in. Oh, yeah. Okay. At yeah. the top. <laughs> uh, okay. So I think uh, based on time, I think let's, uh, but between, the, between yeah. those options, which do you pull the trigger on? Uh, I go, I mean, I think the fox is nice. I think the, the friendly fox that then turns, you know. Yeah. The robo fox. Robo fox. That has been hack of the app. Uh, okay. And then, oh, we go right into um, where in the air. Uh, movie as a whole as a whole these five minutes uh, uh, movie up to this point all the things we rate mean medium mode are all 2.5 and we do the we, we you know the drill at this point yeah um, so we're gonna go uh, movie as a whole as a whole yeah three three two, two one, one four, four and, and a half, half stars, stars. okay oh, pretty good. aligned there okay movie up until this point ready yeah uh, three, three two, two one, one four five. stars I, I said five stars I wow. think I think it really flows really well so far oh, yeah okay I'll go four and a half maybe okay all right. I'll go down to four and a half. These five minutes. Yeah. Ready? Three, three two, two, one. Three five and a stars. half stars. Oh, Although, wow. I think okay. these five minutes, they it Make feels really long because yeah. there's just a lot in it. You know, a lot there of these is, things fly by. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, I think, dense with really good content. There's some good stuff here. Yeah. Um, all right, four. I'll go four stars. Look, I'll go four stars. Four stars. Well, we settle on four. All right, very good. That I'll is go, actually four and a half, seriously. Where in the oh. air? Okay. Um, and then... Um, Content. Con- con- cocktails. Here's oh. a good time. Here's, okay, you, here's, we'll do it question answer stop. You give me a prompt, I will answer it. I'll give you a prompt, you answer it. Ready? Okay. Three, two, one. I want to Twitter you at your love. 
I want to email you. Contact info, uh, yeah. and then um, I think we're just uh, we're running short on time. We're here. running. Sh- we're always running a little short on time because this movie's got so much to analyze. But you know, like society, we're all running short on time. You know, in our individual lives, but more importantly, a society. And you know, it's not often uh, that we can make a difference in the long term. The battle of good and evil in the happy land of absolutes. But yes. there is one time that happens every every day of your life. What is that? That's when you, an email arrives in your inbox. Oh. Yes. It's the one time in which your life can be a little, little bit more than just uh, the petty squabbles. But what you do with that email is up, is up to you. you. Sucker. When you became the world's greatest surfer. 